Today's episode of Titus and Tate is a Kobe Bryant tribute. That is what we are deciding to do. Uh, we are recording this Monday night. It is about 7 p.m. Um, Pacific time here. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's probably already Tuesday. And at this point, it's probably been 48 hours since the news broke. Um, and, you know, people are different, Tate. Some people probably are, are over it, for lack of a better term. Some people like have already processed it and moving on mm-hmm. and um, don't want to hear another podcast about kobe bryant for you know they've already scratched that itch um and if you're one of those people that's okay we understand Mm -hmm. that's not uh what we're trying to do here we're not trying to um i don't know i don't know we're not trying to do whatever that is we're not trying to gain a big audience Mm -hmm. with this show um what we are trying to do is this show exists because tate and i love basketball we've we've that's it's fundamental to our beings um we both grew up loving basketball and the show is supposed to be an extension of our love of basketball and so every time we come in to record a show we want to talk about the things in the world of basketball that are on our minds and this is literally the only thing on my mind there's nothing else that i care about i don't care what college games happened this week i don't care anything else um kobe bryant's the only thing on my mind it will be the only thing on my mind for a very long time uh so we talked it over we were we were wondering how much we should devote to kobe how much we should you know, break down the Baylor Florida game. Mm-hmm. And we just decided we're just going to talk about Kobe. We're going to talk about the Mamba himself, the black Mamba, mm-hmm. the guy that you and I, we've both been in LA for, for a while now. We've seen how things work in Los Angeles. You have a Los Angeles Lakers sweatshirt mm-hmm. on right now. And again, that goes back to 2000 with that Lakers team. You said you were a young Shaq fan at that point. So yeah, there, there's a lot of connective tissue here. Mitch Kupchak was the GM of the Lakers my whole life growing up. Right. A North Carolina guy. So I'd always have an affinity for the Lakers, even though I didn't necessarily like the Lakers. And being in LA for this tragedy, for this moment where we lost such an icon, and I don't use that term lightly. Um, Kobe Bryant ascended to a different level Mm -hmm. in a lot of different realms and a lot of different fields. And what we want to do is show that in the field of basketball, in this beautiful game, Kobe Bryant is an iconoclast and he deserves that type of respect. Yeah. And, and listen, we understand that, uh, you know, the news of Kobe Bryant's passing happens. The world is not turning to Titus and Tate saying Mm -hmm. we want, we got to hear these two guys take, uh, we, we, we understand that that is not what's happening. We understand that we, uh, um, this is not uh, some sort of performative thing where we're trying to pretend like we're more torn up than anyone else or anything like that. Uh, but like I said, our our show has always just been, uh, it's been us. It's been an authentic thing. And uh, I don't know. This, this is, is the only, only thing, thing that we can talk yeah, about. This is the, literally the only yeah. thing we can talk about. So it's either this or no show. And we feel like it'd be therapeutic to talk through this. So that's what we're going to do today. This is our 24 second violation. This is our right. eight second violation. This is us exactly. doing that, exactly. paying homage so, to a guy who did so much for the game uh, of basketball. That's it. That's, so we're going we're gonna to talk about Kobe Bryant today. But first, Woody Durham. All right, we, uh, like I said, it is Monday night um, here, here in Los Angeles. We're going to, uh, first of all, I should say that Tate has no notes. For the first time we've ever done a podcast mm-hmm. in all the years I've, I've been, how many was it, two or three years, whatever it is. Um, Let's just say four years four at this years. point. It feels like four years. This is the first time you've never had any notes in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the fewest amount of notes I've ever had. And the only reason I jotted anything down is just so I'm not completely scatterbrained because I have a tendency to, uh, to be that way. 
um we just wanted to make this like as authentic and and genuine and and whatever else as possible and and like i said just it's sort of therapy for us and um i guess i want to start there tape because what is crazy to me about this is that we obviously you never met kobe bryant i assume i've i've I mean, not per like yeah, Kobe yeah, Bryant. Yeah, would not yeah. be like I know Tate. I've right, right. With him, seen him move. Yeah, I've never met the man. Yeah, uh, I, I did. I, I liked him as a basketball player. Mm-hmm. I, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Like the, the, the impact he had on us because we're both kind of of the Kobe generation, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, but you know, I, I would never have classified Kobe as like an icon or an idol in my life or anything like that. And I like so many people and just completely devastated and it's so weird because like the rational part of your brain kicks in and you're you almost want to shame yourself for this and you want to say like what am i doing here why am i being so emotional for a man i don't know for a man who was just like a celebrity um and and you know it had no direct impact on my life but then you think about it more and you're like it kind of did have an impact on my life he was such an inspiration to so many people um so like that to me was uh was is crazy because I, I guess let's start here like where where were you mm-hmm. what how did you hear the news were you as shocked as I was um yeah it's a really weird conversation because uh, the morning that it all happened which is Sunday morning here in Los Angeles it was the night before I was driving on the PCH and uh the person I'm riding with in the car with it's very foggy night right we're mm-hmm. driving everywhere and I'm on the PCH and I'm saying aloud this is very dangerous. I cannot yeah. see, you know, 10 yards in front of me or whatever it may be. But you say things offhand, right? You just have this passing moment. And then the next morning I was in Malibu and I heard sirens at about, you know, little shade before 10 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, there was some complaints about the sirens and that they were all over. And it was kind of like mm-hmm. another day, live your life, yeah, move I mean, on. Like, yeah, it, you, you just don't, Sirens are crazy in LA all the time. You, know, you like, hear it all the time. And it's sort of like, like a big city. Yeah. And then I... Yeah go from there it's like 10 30 i'm at brunch and you know i'm sitting there and i'm talking and then on twitter obviously and this is unfortunately how these things work i see tmz and i just see breaking and it says kobe bryant Mm -hmm. has died in a helicopter accident and then it gets wiped and i have this like two minute period of just you know there's not many moments in life where you almost just feel like a sense of just like weight of just just frozen yeah and it was just and i didn't say anything to the person that was sitting there with me and then she actually said what's going on like are you okay like something happened like as if it was a family member or something like that and i didn't want to say anything because you don't want to start and say this tragedy thing happened before it's confirmed right um i reached out to a friend of mine who was close to the family um and he calls me 10 minutes later confirmed the news and i don't you know like tears like you said we're, we feel very removed from the situation so being brought to tears is something that's you know not necessarily a one-to-one in the situation for right. me at, at least yeah and it just struck me in that moment to have that reaction because i don't feel you talked about not having notes i don't feel prepared i feel the most prepared yet the most unprepared i've mm-hmm. ever felt to do something ever in front of a microphone because i feel like i should be 50 years old i should be a seasoned right. media professional and then i should be talking about the passing of kobe bean bryant right you should and i be should be and i should yeah. be at that place and the fact that that hit me and I knew that we were going to have to talk about him this way and, and have this full conversation for someone that had so much life ahead. I think that was what really hurts. And that's why that moment's so huge. It's it's uh, 
he it just so I'll I'll give my story. I, yeah. I I woke up Sunday. It was it was foggy as well, and I noted how foggy it was as well. Like it was, which in, is a the, weird thing to say in L.A. because a lot of people have asked yeah. like what what kind of day was it? Was mm-hmm. it actually foggy? And it was enough so that people would mention it offhand. Wow, it's really foggy. Yeah, we uh uh the buddy I was with wanted to go to get brunch. Uh, he he was he he. he I remember he said to me. The fog, I love the fog. I love going to the beach when it's foggy and it's so foggy out. And I was like, you're, first of all, that's bizarre. I've never heard anyone ever say that. Mm-hmm. But like, if you want to go grab a bite by the beach because it's so foggy, that's cool. Um, and and so we went there. I, I we, we were at the Venice Whaler. For those of you who know LA, it's kind of a mm-hmm. semi-popular spot. We're at the Whaler eating eating breakfast. Um, I put on the IU Maryland game and Indiana was up seven or something with like five minutes left. They were down nine at halftime. They they come back. It was it was a ton of fun. I get the text from my buddy Keller, who you know. Uh, he said, "Oh my God, Kobe Bryant died." And if you know anything about Keller, you know that like he's never had a serious thought in his life. He's never once said anything serious. So I was like, I don't get the joke. I don't understand. I I'm sure it's funny. I don't understand it. I'm watching IU. I don't have time for this. Um, and then the timeout happens. Like a timeout happens. So I pull out my phone and I get on Twitter. And it's the same thing like you. And you see it. And it, all those phrases that people use for for things like uh, you know when when Kanye took Taylor Swift's VMA, mm-hmm. my jaw dropped. Mm-hmm. I've, or or mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. and you and you use these it's phrases, a, a showstopper or whatever. Yeah, it may be, like, and it's not actually moment. it's not actually mm-hmm. like your jaw didn't drop. Come on, you just yeah. went on stage and took mm-hmm. an award. You know, like stuff like that. All of those phrases, you understand like where they come from in that moment because that was I my jaw was open. I think it was open for like twenty minutes. Um, my buddy was trying to like talk through it with me because I, I I showed him the the tweet I was like Kobe's dead and um and I I didn't say a word I just like had my jaw drop I I look up however much time later I see that Indiana lost I had no idea how it happened I was in a fog um for lack of a better term um and and the weirdest thing for me was watching I've never had this experience before in my life I'm at the Whaler and there's a, there's a handful of people there and just watching the entire room kind of learn independently but also at the exact same time. To watch that phenomenon happen, mm-hmm. um, it was it was so crazy, and everyone just had the same reaction. I think it's just because like Kobe was uh, he, he's bulletproof. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy that you just saw. He was supposed to be Bill Russell going to mm-hmm. all of these games in 30, 40 years, handing out the the, the MVP trophies. Um, he was the elder statesman. All of these things that everyone's been saying as as the the past forty eight hours have happened, and all these people are are pouring in their tributes and kind of saying making the same points you and I are making, um, and and that's what was so shocking to me is like this was not a guy, this was a guy who had everything to, in his life was like down to his science, and he had it, he was very calculated with everything, and um, I mean I sat there and like really thought about it, and if I was like making a list of of people, I would be more shocked to see pass away. Like I, you could probably count on one hand the number mm-hmm. of people just because. You know, I know it was a freak accident, and helicopters that don't have prejudice when they go down. It doesn't matter how healthy you are or anything like that. But you're talking about a guy that has hundreds of millions of dollars, is is it, so eloquent and well educated for for not going to college. He's one of the most mm-hmm. educated. He's got to be one of the most educated non college attended guys ever. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the markers. Like if you were writing, if you're like an underwriter for a for a life insurance policy you would look at kobe bryant's life and you'd be like that guy is rock solid like there's nothing that could take that guy down and it's a freak accident and i think for me at least that's what made this so heavy was i mean 
I, I think there were three things that played into it. One is you have the grief, the normal grief that happens when a celebrity dies, you know, Prince dies. And it's like, I love that man's music. I don't know much about him, but like it's that pain. I feel like I know him, but I know I don't know him, whatever, whatever. Then you throw in the circumstances of this, which is um, a, a completely freak accident, probably avoidable in some ways. Like if you really, I mean, obviously, like if you could do it over, probably not going to fly the helicopter in, in that weather. And then on top of that, the the, the children, his daughter, the other children involved, um, all of that just makes it absolutely soul crushing. And then the third one is, and we, and we were talking about this before, it, it, it sort of triggers, triggers like an existential crisis because I think, and I'll just speak for myself, but I, I, I assume I'm not alone in this, that when you look at a guy like Kobe, like I said, he's so like ironclad and just feels like a guy that, that nothing can take him down. And, and mortality won the day. And yeah. And, and, you know, you get told your whole life, you're like, life is precious, cherish every moment, whatever, whatever. Um, but those sorts of things always seem to happen when like, you know, your, your, your grandma passes away and someone says cherish every moment, but you're like, I, yeah, but at the same time, grandma was kind of old or like, mm -hmm. there's always like, it never fully clicks in your brain. You know what I mean? There's always like some part of you that's there's like, a caveat to get you out of that reality. I, I hear what you're saying, mm -hmm. but life sort of, it, it doesn't, whatever. And to have this, this is just a punch in the face. Like, no, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter how rich you are because, you know, idiots like us that, that aren't multimillionaires, you just assume like once you get to a certain level of life, once you have hundreds of millions of dollars, you can insulate yourself from tragedy. You mm -hmm. can you can just throw money at anything. And, and that was kind of my reaction when it happened is I had the same thought of like, like you think of Tracy Morgan when he gets in the car wreck. You think of like David Ortiz being shot. Like mm -hmm. stuff like that where you see a celebrity is is in peril and and his life is in danger but then they they work through it and then they're yeah. fine or not fine but you know they're mm -hmm. back and that's kind of was my first reaction i mean like, even lamar odom like there's yeah there's lamar all odom. stories where it's like you hear the first story but then there's like this second iteration you expect like even someone said to me that morning after i'd had the phone call and i'd had it confirmed it wasn't reported yet and i'm sitting there you know basically like you said a ghost i'm not really yeah. like saying anything i'm just sitting there like on my phone just kind of looking at the last time that i had had anything kobe bryant related like in my like i love my camera roll with all my photos so i'm going through all this stuff just to like see where it was and it was in 2018 and as we're sitting there and this whole conversation is breaking out i heard another table next to us and they're like kobe got in a helicopter accident but they said it as if like you're saying, which yeah, is like, he's going to he, be fine. But he'll be fine. He'll be you fine. Know I mean? He got an accident, yeah. but he will be okay. There was not the second. No, there was no dripping of the news with this. Mm -hmm. There was no, like he's in an accident. He's in critical condition. Mm -hmm. And then he passes away two days later. Um, it was just like, you're going through your day. You're on Twitter or whatever. You're just scrolling through and, and, and people are tweeting nonsense and terrible memes and all that. And then all of a sudden there's a tweet that says Kobe Bryant's dead. There's no, the, yeah. there's no buffer. It was like, we're here now we're over here. Um, and and it was just yeah I, I mean that was how my brain processed it was like surely he's not dead surely he's just going to go to the hospital they're gonna do whatever the magic is like w whenever you're rich whatever it is they do they sprinkle money on the guy and whatever the mm -hmm. problem is they get, they're gonna give him the celebrity medicine mm -hmm. make him all better and mm -hmm. and he's gonna rehab whatever his problems are and in nine or ten months he's gonna come out of the Lakers game and wave and the crowd's gonna go crazy and and he's gonna be back and that's what's gonna happen that's how it has to happen because that's how I my dumb brain has always processed like it has to happen that way. And so to see a story, it's like, no, that's not how it happened. He's dead. He, he was alive, snap of a finger. Now he's not, it's over. Um, it's permanent. It's, it's very, very sobering. And, um, 
Yeah. And I think that's what factors into it for, you know, at least for me, maybe I shouldn't speak for everyone else, but I, I've noticed that, that that's a, that's an interesting thing about all this is that so many people do seem to, to share that sentiment that like, I wasn't necessarily the biggest Kobe fan or mm-hmm. th- they have all these things, but like, my God, this absolutely wrecked me. And it did me too. Like, I couldn't believe it, man. Like I, I was with my friend, I go home to have, I, I was like keeping it all together as we were digesting the news and all that. The second I got home and I was by myself, I started bawling my eyes out. And I, I and even as I'm crying, I'm like, what am I doing? I don't understand mm-hmm. what's happening, but it was just like a raw emotion of, of everything. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's been, it's been crazy. And I think this is the first person that I can kind of remember in a sports vein, at least in my lifetime where it didn't feel like it, it was like you said, he was our class. Like he was our, yeah, we were Kobe a, kids. Yeah, we, were Kobe we were kids. Yeah. We grew up in the, I was, like, I got the tail end of Jordan's millennium. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like but, that's, that's who it was. Mm-hmm. That was our guy. That's everyone is, this is Kobe Bryant. We all know Kobe Bryant. And I've seen all the, to, to me, like Kobe, Derek Jeter, Tiger Woods were all in this class of right. like, these three guys are untouchable. They're invincible for whatever reason. I don't understand how it works. I don't understand how Tiger Woods can be on 16 in Augusta and chip it in. I don't understand how I, Tiger Woods can like break his back in half and, and like jump out of airplanes and, and then and win the Masters. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he's fine and he's winning the Masters. And I don't understand it's, how Kobe Bryant, everything could seemingly fall apart. Well, we, and, and the way they do it is because they're immortal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's like how we, he does it. We've it's, seen and, the resurrection of Kobe Bryant's yeah. career from you know when he goes from eight to 24 and he comes back and he could have theoretically won three straight titles if 08 works out differently and you know yeah. these little moments and for Kobe Bryant to see him it end it, like you like it's it's our guy we see him go like I remember when Dell Earnhardt Jr. when that happened I remember that Dell Senior died uh, Dell yeah, Senior yeah, sorry yeah. Dell Senior died in 2001 I remember being like 10 years old or whatever yeah. it was and I remember watching Sports Center that night and when they said that you know it was the 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 whatever it was like he hit his head against the wall and mm-hmm. it was a brain injury and then mm-hmm. he had actually passed away like my mom and dad had turned off sports center cause they didn't want me to like deal with the fact that that mm-hmm. was actually reality. And I remember before that when Payne Stewart won the U S open at Pinehurst, we all watched Payne Stewart win. And then his plane went down mm-hmm. and it was like that and it was gone. And those are the only two sports moments. I remember just thinking like it, it was, ha- he had that visceral reaction yeah. where this is reality and they're gone they right. forever. Yeah. But this one, is so much more so than, and I don't even know how to explain that. I don't know yeah, if it's because I'm mean, older. It's and, not. It's not useful to like rank and yeah, say like no, no, this is no. more. It's, yeah, it's just like those pointless. are the moments I remember. But you're just yeah. trying to like contextualize it, and and even then, like you said, the Earnhardt thing was. I, I vividly remember that I was at a Pacer game that day, and they came on the uh, the jumbotron. Breaking news at the at the Indiana Pacers game. It was the last lap of um, Daytona, right? Yeah, it was Daytona? It was, yeah. yeah, yeah. He hit the wall. Um, and and uh, um, but for that one, even like. It, maybe I'm misremembering, but like the initial story wasn't that he was dead. Yeah, the initial yeah, yeah. story is that he's in a is in a wreck. He's taken to the hospital, and everyone's like, "Well, I hope Dale's okay." And then reports come out, and it's like Dale Earnhardt's in serious condition or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Oh, damn, prayers for Dale." And then you find out that he died. So like, not that it makes it any, you know. Like, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not comparing it, yeah. but it's like there was sort of like a progression of the story. And and with the Kobe thing, it was like, no, it was the first thing you heard that anything was. I hadn't thought about Kobe Bryant and I mean, I thought about it cause LeBron broke the record, but you know what I mean? Like that was, I had no thought on like what Kobe Bryant was doing with his day on Sunday. And, and then the very Bryant first thought I had was he was day. Yeah. The very first thought I had of him doing his day was when I learned that he had passed away. And it's crazy. Um, to just think, to, to, to think how quickly that all happens. You were talking about how we were, uh, we, we were Kobe kids and, and I am wearing my, um, I know most people are just listening to this, but I am wearing my, uh, authentic, 
I think it's what is that? I don't even know what that logo is to be honest. That's with the you. L. Yeah. The the, the L, L inside the hoop. Yeah, yeah. The L inside the hoop. What even is that? It's mm-hmm. so, such a throwback. <laughs> um, I'm I'm uh you know at the risk of making this about me. That's what I, that's a big criticism of of media people when people die is like you you're you tell eulogizing your people mm-hmm. and, and you make it too much about yourself uh kobe to me like the reason i this is authentic i had this back in i bought this in 99 2000 whenever it was right when the lakers about to win three in a row um i was i was a massive kid when i was little and i've talked about this a little bit before uh my origin story in basketball is that basically i hit puberty like four years before all of my peers which is how i got on the au team with conley and odin in the first place which is it, it explains my entire life if i don't <laughs> hit puberty then i uh I'm not talking, you're not listening to me talk right now. Um, so when I was little, I was big, if that makes sense. And I love Shaq for that reason. Cause I thought of like, I was Shaq. You played my like friends. Shaq. Yeah. yeah. All my friends came up to my nipples at, mm-hmm. at the highest point. Um, like my second tallest friend was up to my nipples probably. And I was just like <laughs> dunking on kids on seven foot rims and stuff. Uh, so when Shaq got traded to the Lakers, um, I, I just went all in on the Lakers. Cause I thought this is. This, this is I had watched Shaq lose to Jordan all those years, and then he gets swept by Elijah one in the finals, and then he goes to the Lakers, and I was like, all right, I think he's gonna do it. At the Lakers, I want to see Shaq win a title, all that kind of stuff. Very quickly, he gets to LA at the same time Kobe does. Very quickly, Kobe became not my favorite player, but like the guy I wanted to be. Like I stopped. I, I watched like every Laker game that was on TV. This was even before they started winning the titles. This was like ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. The Spurs were beating them. Duncan and Robinson on the Spurs. Um, I'm watching all these Lakers games, and I'm like. Shaq's been my favorite player all these years, but my God, Kobe's so fun. Kobe's the coolest guy on earth. Mm-hmm. He was just so cool uh, with the fro and the, the the attitude. And he was, he was yeah, Michael, Dr- I was a little too young. I mean, I got the tail end of Jordan, all that, but I, I wasn't along for the whole Jordan ride like mm-hmm. my brother was. So my brother was all in on Jordan. Shaq and Kobe became my guys. Um, and Kobe's were the first pair of shoes I actually bought. Uh, my whole basketball life, I only wore like Chucks and Adidas Superstars. And the first pair of of signature shoes that my parents ever bought for me were the, I think they were the, called the KB twos, the KB eight twos or something. <laughs> um, I th- yeah, I was like in fifth grade. They bought me the Kobe's, and uh, I loved them so much that I would take them to to school and and for PE class I would change out of whatever sneakers I'd worn to school. I was it was like a Mister Rogers situation where mm-hmm. he takes off one sweater and puts mm-hmm. on another. Mm-hmm. I already had like basketball shoes on, mm-hmm. and I would take those off and put the Kobe's on. Mm-hmm. And uh, my PE teacher started calling me Kobe. He's a friend of my dad's. To this day, my PE teacher still, that was the first nickname I ever got in my life was Kobe. Uh, to this day, my PE teacher still calls me Kobe. He'll, he'll, he'll ask my dad, to be like, hey, how, how's Kobe doing? And my dad's like, yeah, he's, he's great. He moved out to LA, whatever, whatever. It's like this little thing. And again, I don't mean to like make this about me or whatever, but that's just like, my dad was telling me about that. And I was, I was like, ball my eyes. I don't know what's going on. But mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that story is going. It's no, just like, I just I. Uh, it's uh uh Kobe. It, Kobe was the coolest guy on earth to to to, mm-hmm. to kids of our age, and a lot of people, he you know, it didn't resonate. A lot of people went straight from Jordan to LeBron in terms of like their mm-hmm. the guys they love the most, and uh that's the weirdest thing is like Kobe was never. I would never say that he was my favorite player in the league, but he was always, always, always the coolest. He was a hundred percent the cool. If I could like emulate anybody, it was like I wanted to be like Kobe. But I hope, you know, I like Shaq better. I like LeBron better. But, like, Kobe's definitely cooler than both those guys. I think you made the perfect point, which is what I wanted to make about Kobe. And this comes back to, like, this whole conversation about the greats in basketball and, and what we do with all these subjective conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why all that's an issue, and it's 
kind of wild that something this sobering can lead to this realization for a lot of people. But Kobe always considered the middle child, which is basically like Michael Jordan is Marsha, LeBron James is Cindy, and you know Kobe is Jan. And all Kobe talked about all the time was Michael, Michael, Michael. All I wanted to hear and talk about was I'm going to be better than Michael. And like you said, you grew up being a Shaq fan, which led to being a Kobe fan because they're on the same team and they did the three-peat. For me... I had all older cousins. I'm the youngest, and everyone is a Michael Jordan fan. Michael Jordan went to Carolina. We all love Michael Jordan. And Kobe Bryant was this 18-year-old brash kid coming out of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and he was saying not only did he not only was he going to be the greatest of all time, but he was going to be the greatest of all time without doing the one thing that everyone at the time thought you had to do, which is get the cosign of a blue blood, right? right. You had to yeah. go to you had to go to college basketball and get Duke or North Carolina or Kansas or Kentucky or whoever it may be to say, oh, that guy knows how to play the game of basketball. He's going to be a great star. Sort of like, you know, Vince Carter. And mm-hmm. he's around the same age as, you know, as Kobe. And they were, you know, right around the same line. So to me, Vince Carter was the coolest. And I loved Vince Carter. So there was every single reason for me to not like Kobe Bryant. In fact, I didn't want to like Kobe Bryant. But the thing that never made me feel anything towards Kobe Bryant other than respect is the fact that Kobe Bryant talked all that talk, which you said was being cool. I remember the dunk contest Brandy's over there, like throwing mm-hmm. up the 10, you know, like, you know, they're dating at the time and Kobe's doing all that, you know, talking all that talk. And he was brash. He was Kobe. He was whatever, but he backed it up. He always backed it up. And it wasn't, always. and it wasn't a braggadocio way of backing it up. It was more of like, this guy told you day one, I am going to be the greatest. And then he didn't just sit around and flounder. He went to the gym every single day. I saw Allen Iverson, his little tribute. He was like, first time Kobe and I had dinner in 1996, 1997, whatever, their rookie year. It's like, we're sitting down and we're chatting. And he asked me what I'm going to do later. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the club. Like, basically invited him out mm-hmm. to come. And Kobe was like, that's cool. I'm going to go to the gym. Right. And Kobe, in his mind, is like, Allen Iverson is probably more talented than me, naturally. More gifted, maybe. But I'm going to outwork every single person, mm-hmm. which is the craziest thing about this whole story is that Kobe lived his life like he seized every single day like a maniac. And some people would say he was psychotic about how he the worked. The craziest thing to me is that he, uh, you know, maybe privileged isn't the right word, but it's not like he he was born the son of a great player. Joe Bryant's like, on the you know Sixers, I mean? you know yeah. what I mean? He's like friends with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, like, Kobe, his background is not does not suggest, like, a guy who has, to, who, mm-hmm. who has the grind in him or, like, all of that. Like, you, you could – very easily be in his position and be like, no, I'm good. I'm already like one of the best high school players. I just got drafted to the Lakers. Like I'll just, you know, I'm, he was so transcendent that we don't even view him as a second generation player. Like one of the knocks that you get on a clay Thompson or a Steph Curry is that they were incubated right. in a system. Right. Kobe to some level wasn't in, in fact, him being, you know, over in Italy and having this separate right. subculture and having the ability to speak Serbian, you know, dirty words to like talk junk to people. Like these are the <laughs> things that Kobe Bryant obsessed over and that to me is why he was so different because every day was a challenge to prove everybody wrong right. and to prove what he said to be true, which is like he may have talked it early on in his career, but then Kobe walked it to the max every single day and was a maniac about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tracy McGrady, I saw him this morning. He was like, I had a lower back soreness in one of our games and Kobe came down and hit him in the back. And he said, I just want to test your back. Yeah. And like it's, that's what MJ it's did. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing. And and Kobe was wired in a different way. He said, "I'm going to be MJ," and he pretty much was. Was that's incredible. And if he had won three in a row, we talked about this to each other all fair. It's like if Kobe wins in 2008, and he has six titles, and he did it 
two in different three piece. Three piece. Yeah. And he took the break just like Jordan did. It, to, it, to switch numbers. It, it is like, the two thousands like version of Michael Jordan, basically. Um, you're, you we were talking about his work ethic, and and I want to like expand on that to um have a larger discussion about uh being in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and just his importance to LA. And, and I'm probably the wrong guy to, to speak on this. I I moved out here a year, about a year ago, almost exactly. Uh, I lived here. I, I, I didn't live here. I, I would come out here for months at a time for a few years there. So I'd, I'd be here like, you know, two or three months and then go back to Ohio for six months and then come back out for two. Um, so I, I, I've, I've been around LA a little bit, but I've been out here permanently for about a year. Uh, and, and one thing that stood out even before Sunday is just how much, people love Kobe and I know this is not new this is not breaking news by any means but um it was crazy I went to this barber for like six months this this place in Culver City and, and the barber we had the exact same conversation because he, he never like remembered that I kept coming in like he just completely forgot he thought it was my first time in every time and every time he would hit me with the where are you from bro and I'd say Ohio and he'd be like how do you feel about LeBron then I was like you know He's, he's a great player. Like, it's kind of weird that he left Ohio and, like, Ohio is cool with it. But, you know, he did bring a title to Ohio. So, like, people in Ohio really love him. And he was like, I don't I don't, I don't, don't mess with LeBron. And I was like, he, are you a Lakers fan? He's like, I love the Lakers, but I don't mess with LeBron. And then um, I remember the first time I was getting my haircut there, and I was like, why? And, and he explained the whole thing. Like, cause Kobe, this is a Kobe city. This will always be a Kobe city. LeBron thinks he can be Kobe. He'll never be Kobe. And that was my introduction to that. So then I started just like paying more attention to that. And you're driving around LA and, and just talking to other Laker fans, you know, and it's so crazy. Cause if you live out here and you have any sort of social circle whatsoever and that, that, and, and, and you're into sports, I guarantee, you know, somebody who's, who thinks of Kobe Bryant as, as God, there's somebody in that circle that loves Kobe Bryant. And I think when you're on the outside looking in, and, and this was certainly the case for me living in Ohio, it was always a little head scratching. And I know like people like everyone involved with the Lakers, magic himself calls Kobe, the greatest Laker, not even just cause he passed away. Like we were just watching his final game that was being broadcast on ESPN um, tonight. And, and magic calls him the greatest Laker then. Uh, and, and everyone calls him the greatest Laker. And if you're on the outside, you're not from LA, you're not a Laker fan. Like this is absurd. Shaq was I mean, always, people make top five lists. They don't even have, Kobe they don't have on Kobe it. on it. And it's so absurd. And there's like this disconnect of people who, loved Kobe and always did and people who were like I mean he was a good player but like what's the big deal about him and and I I'm not going to pretend to like make the connection and try to explain um again I'm not I'm I'm not a lifelong LA resident so I'm not going to speak for those people but um I don't know if I was if I was to guess there's I would say that the, the one thing that stood out to me being here for a year is that LA is a much more blue collar city than I realized um I think the perception of LA is glitz and glamour obviously all the celebrities all that there are millions and millions of blue collar people here who are just like busting their ass. Uh, this is very much a city of haves and have nots. And there are far more have nots that live in this city. And, and guess see, who the have nots love. And they Kobe see a guy B. like Kobe Bryant and they're like, that is a guy who, I mean, he was born, you could argue he, he was born into privilege, but like he, he outworked that reputation that, 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 of, of being a kid that was born on third. Like maybe that could be true, but he worked so damn hard that like you, you would never throw that in his face. You would never say Kobe Bryant was good because of who his father was. Um, and I think that's admirable to, to, to people. I, that's what, I mean, that had to be like what the, what the, uh, the, the big draw was for him. It was like, just, he always, always, always was willing to, to work even when he didn't necessarily have to. That was just ingrained in his DNA, and, and it resonated with people here. You mentioned this last night. They had the promo video, like basically the tribute video, which, you know, watching it now is even more eerie, you know, than, than 
I could even imagine. But Jack Nicholson at the end of the video, he says, thank you, Kobe Bryant. You've been the biggest star in L.A. for the past 20 years. Yeah. And I think that's the way to sum up in a, in a town of stars, in a town where every single big name, if you make it, you're going to go to L.A. I mean, even if you make it in New York, you know, you're going to eventually make this big hop to L.A. and you're going to become right. a big movie star or whatever. Kobe Bryant was still bigger than everyone. If Kanye West is sitting in a room with Lady Gaga and Kobe Bryant walks in in L.A., they're getting up and saying, oh, my God, Kobe there's Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is going to be a huge thing for me. And I think, you know, the Grammys being in Staples Center last night, I mean, it was almost too surreal, surreal, I mean, surreal for it to be. Is, yeah. and, and, and for Lizzo to come out and open the show up and, you know, just to say, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And then for Alicia Keys to do the whole tribute for them to show his jerseys, you know, lit up in the rafters and just to have this whole moment for Kobe Bryant. It still did not really sink in to it, me. You it know still has like, not it, sunk yeah, into yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. And, it still and I feels think that's the crazy. As part. I'm watching all the coverage, uh, even today, like so, so I thought like Sunday I would process it all and and just just kind of like sit there with my mouth open and just be like, what is happening? Be emotional, all that kind of stuff. My plan today when I woke up, uh, first of all, I was I was planning on waking up and just like forgetting it happened or like being told it was a dream or something like that. And the very first thought I had when I woke up was like, Kobe's dead. This is unbelievable. I, I, I couldn't believe it. And then and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be sad. I was crying yesterday, and, and we've already been over that. Like, that was a weird emotion to, to, to be so emotional. Um, I'm going to try to celebrate today, and I'm going to try to, like, watch all of these highlight videos and all this stuff. And 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 that spilled over. I was watching all this stuff on YouTube, and that spilled over to me turning on my TV, and I'm watching every outlet on earth. And um, it's it's so wild to see all of the the characters in sports media that exist we this is an industry uh one thing that's happened from this is is you've learned real quick who does shtick and who doesn't in this business because the the guys who you know are are hamming it up every day very somber and 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 i guess you could say that about us like where i'm not i usually make dick jokes on this the show and I'm, i'm not really doing that right now um so i was watching all that and and even as i'm watching it and and i know what what happened i I still just like feel like I'm just watching like his final game. Like I'm mm-hmm. still feel like it's just all of these networks are just showing all this stuff because Kobe Bryant just retired. And, and I'm like, the, 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 there's a, there's a part of my brain that's like, I, we, we get it guys. He's not playing basketball anymore. The guy didn't die. And then you're like, no, he did die. Oh my God. He really actually died. Um, but that's, that's just where I, my mind kept going. Is like, he, he's, he can't actually be dead. I think again, I think this is like a general sentiment. You just can't envision a world where Kobe Bryant is not alive and Kobe Bryant is not at NBA games. Kobe Bryant is not an elder statesman in the NBA mentoring all these kids uh, that are coming into the league. Um, that was his destiny. And, and that was, and not even NBA, just like basketball at large. Mm-hmm. I think one of the more fascinating things about him and, and certainly why the whole basketball world is like so torn up is not just that he was a great player, great players come and go where Kobe falls on the list of, is he the best player ever? Is he in the top 25? Who really cares? Um, but there will be players better than Kobe Bryant that come along. Some say they're already in the NBA, whatever. What what was so cool about him was he was one of those guys that, that if, if you are invested in basketball as much as you and I are, and I'm not equating us to NBA Hall of Famers, I'm just saying we are very much basketball guys and have been our whole life. There's this affinity for the game, quote unquote, and it's all about the game. And we made jokes about this with Rick Pitino when, um, when he was defending himself from all the scandals. He would always say, like, I never cheated the game. Mm-hmm. And that's just like a there's a common thread between everyone who whose life whose livelihood is basketball is this this uh, appreciation of preserving the game of teaching the game, the game is so important. And Kobe was a guy who who understood that who who just like lived that who when he retired he very easily could have taken his money, 
and ran, could have done whatever he wanted to do, but it was all about the game. And and he he passed away doing that. Like he wanted, he's going to his daughter's game. He, he's paying it forward. He's going to coach his daughter's team. Yeah, yeah. And this was always like, and, and that that to me is not an insignificant detail. I think like we were watching this tonight. I, I wrote this down. This is one note I wanted to make sure I had because we were watching the uh, the final game um, that he was playing there on ESPN. And Magic gives the speech before the game starts. And uh, in his speech, he said one of the very first things he said is Kobe Bryant has never cheated the game. So this is this is what I mean. Kevin Durant says, thank you for everything you've done for the game of basketball. Steph says, Kobe has had a huge impact on the game and the game is in a much better place because of what you've done. And these are just the, over and over. And, and Phil called him an ambassador. Of this was before he passed away. This was his final game uh, that he ever played in the NBA. Um, that kind of stuff uh, uh, is is – it, it, it matters and, and, and it, why it, it resonates so much and why all these young guys that are in the NBA that ne- didn't necessarily play with Kobe. And I know he had a lot of relationships with a lot of the guys, but some of them didn't. They were just like, and they're still torn up because uh, th- it's not just their idol. It's like their mentor as well. And it's this ambassador for basketball that, that you know, if, if Kobe Bryant could have been commissioner in the NBA and no one would have batted an eye at it. Mm-hmm. If he would have Kobe been, Bryant you know, should be Magic Johnson standing there yeah, in the middle of Staples yeah. Center congratulating someone else on 20 years of the right. Lakers, you know, 20 years from now. Yeah. That is who he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be the next man up. He's supposed to be the next ambassador for the Lakers. And I think you talked about he could have, you know, taken his ball and gone home and just let it be. If there was any reason to do that, it's because LeBron James came to the Lakers. Right. And took that, that, it took that his, throne. It took you know his I mean? throne, yeah, yeah, like quote he, unquote. He yeah. is the one now. And instead of doing that and being that way, which I'm I'm the biggest Michael Jordan fan probably around, honestly. Like, I love Michael <laughs> Jordan. I don't say anything bad about him. Michael Jordan would not have done that if, if Kobe Bryant had gone to the Chicago Bulls and tried to take his throne. But Kobe's sitting front row there. Right. He's dapping up LeBron because, again, it's about the game to Kobe game. Bryant. Yeah. And I think the biggest knock on Kobe's – the biggest miss – I think a lot of people that are great, there's always misconceptions about who they are and what their motivations are. And I think the biggest misconception about Kobe Bryant's motivations were that they were selfish. And they were not selfish. And they were never selfish. In retrospect, and and this is probably the biggest error uh, that that media people made, and and I'm sure they're reflecting and, and thinking this, is is yeah, they weren't selfish. They were, again, for the game. This is why, like, the whole beef with Shaq, like, when it happened... I, I was a Shaq guy, so I was like, you know, I'm siding with Shaq. Shaq goes to the Heat, and I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Then I probably didn't love Kobe at that time. Um, but looking back, you're like, of, of course he feuded with Shaq. To Kobe, mm-hmm. like, to give anything less than your best is – who was that? Steve Prefontaine, I think. To give anything mm-hmm. less than your best is a sacrifice of the gift. Um, that was Kobe's mentality. He was like – if Shaq's mentality is like, I'm already the greatest. We've already won titles. I want to go have some fun. I'm going to make some movies. I'm going to make rap albums. I'm going to enjoy celebrity status. Kobe was like, I'm, I play the game. I, I respect the game. That's all I care about. Um, in a lot of ways that Durant's that way right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that, that, I mean, I don't know if this is the forum to make that point, but like Durant strikes me in the same way that people hate him so much. And, and he's, he's so vilified for, you know, joining the Warriors for making and selfish decisions for making selfish decisions. And it's about him getting the ring. Whereas like he's been consistent with his approach the whole time. He's like, I, I just love the game. And like going to the Warriors wasn't about necessarily winning a ring for the him. The Warriors made him fall back in love with basketball. Yeah, it was about was basketball. Story. He was the game. And which is why I, I found it fascinating that even in that goodbye thing, that was the one the one comment that Durant had was thank you for everything you've done for the game. Because Durant has has the similar makeup of like my life is the game of basketball um, and always will be. And and Kobe was that way, which is why it, it wasn't NBA basketball. It's it his 
his reach to college is is shocking. Like his his impact on the college game, his impact on women's basketball. Like obviously with his daughters, but um, to see all the tributes uh pouring in from all the women's programs around the country, and and it's not just because of his daughter. You know, like I don't think. I don't think UConn and, and, and Oregon was torn up by the Oregon-Oregon State game I saw, and, and I'm probably missing some others. There's been so much uh, uh, stuff to consume these last couple of days, but I, I don't think that was exclusively because his daughter was a good player. I think that was just in Kobe Bryant's DNA, that he wanted to to make the game of basketball at all levels, at all genders, all everything, um, international, at home, whatever, whatever it is. The game of basketball mattered greatly to this man, and he was going to give his life to it, and he ultimately did. And I think I was talking about people viewing Kobe as selfish, and I think I'm the biggest culprit of that because I remember in 2002 when they were going for the three-peat, I did not want the Lakers to get a three-peat because I thought that was very special and immortalized with Michael yeah. Jordan. He had done it you know, the first mm-hmm. time around, 91, 92, 93, then came back and did it again, 96, 97, 98. And when Kobe was going for that, the fourth game, they're going for the sweep. The Nets are not great. You know what I mean? This is, they're just happy to be here at this point. And the fourth game, he comes in a full Michael Jordan getup. <laughs> he's wearing a Michael Jordan jersey. He's wearing Chicago yeah. Bulls, everything. And at the time, I found that, you know, I'm 10 years old or whatever I was. And I, and I was hurt by that because I thought that he was trying to say, like, I am him now. Yeah. And what if you look back at what has been after the game of basketball after 2016, since he's left the game and what Kobe's done and what he said after that, we're talking about the fact that he respected the way that Michael Jordan was able to be that much of a competitor, to be Michael Jordan, to be that great, Mm -hmm. that he wanted to idolize that person. And it's so funny. I was watching uh, that footage behind the scenes and Kobe's wearing the stuff and they're there after the game. And Shaq says to him, he's like, it's about time you put on your Jersey, right? And Kobe just starts laughing. He says, it's about that time. And he's like smoking yeah. a cigar and he's having this yeah. whole little moment. And it's like, because Kobe Bryant wasn't doing, he wasn't wearing the Jordan jersey because he was trying to think about Kobe Bryant at that moment. He was wearing it because he was like my idol who I saw do mm-hmm. this to be a champion. I have this moment now. I made it to this point and I want to pay homage to him and to the game that we are here. We are the next iteration. The baton has been passed to us. And that obviously doesn't trigger with you and you you view him as like an enemy or whatever. And I was pulling for the nets at the time, but then seeing that moment in Shaq saying to that him to him and seeing his reaction of yeah. like, it was almost like you finally got the pat on the back, you know right. what I mean? Like as if he had been waiting for Shaq to say that to him, you right. know, because they were obviously running mates Shaq. And for the second championship, he literally points at Kobe at one time. He's like, that's the reason we won this championship. Yeah. He's the one that's running this team. It's not me, even though he's probably the best player on the team, but Kobe he loved the game and what Michael did, and he well, wanted to be that. I mean, maybe a silver line. I mean, this is, again, like, uh, there are no silver lines. This is horrible. It's yeah. it's devastating, all that kind of stuff. But um, it would be cool if a lesson we could all learn from this is, like, stop ranking players. Yeah. Who gives stop? <laughs> who, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Really? We don't We don't need to sort through whether Kobe was better. Do you think KG cares that he shouldn't have won the MVP in 2006, 2007, yeah. whatever it was? You know what I mean? It's like – who cares? No, like, like the lesson you learn is like all these guys genuinely do just love the game. Like LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan, maybe they do care. Maybe they, but I don't think they do. I really mm-hmm. genuinely don't think that that Kobe Bryant cares whether he's thought of as better than Michael Jordan or LeBron James. I really don't. I, I think Kobe Bryant cared about I'm going to give everything I have to this game for as long as I'm on this earth. And however people won't see my legacy, 
I'll leave that to them. I don't care. I'm I I'm gonna know that I gave it my all. And uh and and he respects like like you said like he obviously idolized Jordan. He he wanted to be Jordan. He said I am going to be Michael Jordan basically. And he did become Michael Jordan as, as close as anyone's ever come to Michael Jordan. All the way down to the mannerisms, the way. He, and it felt disingenuous yeah. at the time. But in as you look back and you see everything, it's like no, this guy was literally studying Michael. Like Tracy McGrady told this whole story. It was like when he met Kobe when they were younger. He went to his house with Joe and everyone, and he was like, and we were watching old MJ tape together. And he said, I've never seen someone start like rewinding to go back to a play. And he's like, I'm looking at him like, what's wrong with this guy? And it's like Kobe's watching tape when he's not even supposed to be watching. Right. Tape, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, because he was that infatuated with the idea of being great. And now he and now he feels that felt that way about LeBron. You know, like yeah. he, there's no part of him that's like, screw this kid that's taken over my mm -hmm. franchise and, and whatever. And, and the same is true of Jordan to both of those guys. Like Jordan is and. I mean, I think as fans, you just you just assume that all of these guys hate each other, and, and but but as it turns out, like the fans care way more. Colts and Patriots fans care way more about Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning than Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have ever cared. Mm -hmm. They've both just like you know, and both the same, time they're like, we're happy to be were, in this yeah. conversation. Who yeah. is the greatest? Who is I don't the greatest? They're like, they're both like Joe Montana's the greatest. You know, <laughs> like no, they're both like, I did not want to play. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. really what it comes down to. Like, the same, the same with like Bird Magic is yeah. like, who's better? Like neither one of those guys cares who's better. They 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 will both you know, and and I know people are probably listening to this and they're like, you can't actually believe that. You, I guarantee that Jordan wants to. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's true. To be honest with you, I think Jordan probably quite like. Of course, they're going to talk trash. Of course, if you got all those guys on the court at the same time, they're going to think that they're the best. But as as far as like keeping them up at night, there's no way. There's mm -hmm. no way that like Michael Jordan is losing sleep saying like, "Is LeBron James going to take over my legacy as the greatest ever?" No, it, it's 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 stupid. It's stupid. It's a waste <laughs> of time for everyone. And when you see today and you have this conversation now, it does seem completely like a waste of time. I kind of want to talk about. The, uh, I told you about the Kobe being a middle child. It's kind of funny because, like, Michael's the black cat, Kobe's the black mamba, and then Harrison Barnes is the black falcon. Those, <laughs> Wait, those, those, were the, those were the three black nicknames that they got. Black cat, black mamba, black falcon. Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes was called is the, the black, black falcon. falcon, yes, when he was Can coming out. Can we fact check this? Yes, fact check it. This was, like, coming out of high school. This was, like, and Kobe gave him the cosign, and he wore Kobe's at Carolina, much to the chagrin of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Would, every single time he saw that team, he would say, take them damn Kobe off. <laughs> he would say that to Harrison Barnes. And I say all this to say, Kobe Bryant was the black Mamba for the reason that you never know when a Mamba was going to strike. A Mamba is mm -hmm. not provoked. A Mamba just strikes. Yeah. And Kobe Bryant's entire career was kind of like that. You couldn't really believe that he became what he said he was going to become. You couldn't believe that in these moments, in these crunch time moments, that he genuinely wanted the basketball. And you go back and you study who Kobe Bryant was with this meditation. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are probably going to get freaked out by this whole conversation right now. But the quantum field exists, right? We live yeah, in a no, world. Dude, let's go there. Yeah. Like, this is a three-dimensional realm mm -hmm. that we live in. And there is the fifth dimension and many more dimensions if you, in your mind, can create it. Mm -hmm. And Kobe Bryant is one of those people. If you read his – I was just reading old interviews with him from the 90s because I just wanted to see how much this man – was basically a prognosticator for his entire career, saying, I want to hit this benchmark. I want to do that. He said he wanted to be the greatest all-star of all time. He leads the all-star game in points. Like all Four-time sort of, MVP, I think all-star MVP. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all this sort of That's stuff. Crazy. Like He was predicting this stuff. He would talk about it in interviews. And I'm not saying that Kobe Bryant is uh, ascended to a different realm of reality. I'm not saying that he's in a different field. Uh, the quantum field does exist, of course. But he may have at times. He yeah. may have ascended to a different level because Gilbert Arenas told this amazing story in 2006. He worked out with Kobe Bryant, and he said he stole all of his moves, right? And he was like, I left that practice, and he's, and he's like, Kobe Bryant stole all my moves, so he's mad. 
And he said he came back the next day, and Kobe Bryant was doing all of his moves to him. And he was, like, getting more frustrated. Mm -hmm. He's like, this guy's doing – he's, like, beating me as me, right? He's like, he's, like, wrecking me as me. And it was all a mental game in Kobe's mind. And that's, like – that, to me, is, like, the brain uh, – and Kobe Bryant's brain and his mind and his mental makeup – it may be more than Michael Jordan's. Like Michael yeah. Jordan was so straightforward. Like I just want to win. I'm addicted Michael to this Jordan competition. Fought inside the box, exactly. and he's like, "I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to go on this he straight thought in path." Three dimensions. Yeah. Kobe was a fifth dimensional thinker. He was in the fifth dimension, which yeah. is saying something. Which is why we thought he was immortal. Yeah. Because all of the, all these things that you just explained is like, who who, who can who, who predict do that? that? Who yeah. does this? Like it's, <laughs> nobody. It's impossible. It's all. It's that's why we were dismissed. I know that's why I was dismissive. Even when Kobe in 2008, when they lost the Celtics, and he said they were going to come back and win a title the next year, I was, I was telling you, I was like, I thought that was their one shot. Like yeah. I was like, oh, they're, they're, yeah, that's they blew it. it. They're not yeah. going to do it. Yeah, but it's it's back to back. The Mamba mentality, dude. It's. I will say this. Like I probably rolled my eyes. Like as the Mamba mentality was taking off, was was the snarkiest years of my life. Of course, when I was in my early 20s, um, yes. where everything is the dumbest thing on earth mm -hmm. it's the the you love south park the 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 episode where <laughs> everything is crap or whatever yeah. you know when stan views, views everything yeah, is crap yeah. yeah that was that was me during the the mama mentality years and as i've gotten older and and uh look back on it all and everything like the one crazy lesson about kobe bryant that that i i take from from everything that, that his approach to the game his approach to life all that kind of stuff was was a lesson that i learned way too late in life and i'm i'm only 32 i'm not super old but um i wish i would have known this when i was younger which is the process is so much more important to focus on than the result and he was always that way where he like i said his goal wasn't necessarily um he, he's not i don't think it consumed him to be the greatest of all time and in, in the sense of like if i'm not the greatest of all time i'm gonna be a failure what he was more focused on is like i'm gonna wake up today and i'm gonna bust my ass to be as good as i can possibly be and i'm gonna do that tomorrow and i'm gonna do that the next day and i'm gonna live my entire life and i'm gonna focus on the process and however it shakes out i can't control that i can't control what the results are which is why i think he was so fearless when he took last second shots because he's like i've prepared myself to get to this point whether it goes in or not is ultimately not up to me at this point like i'm gonna shoot it i i've, I've done all the work if the result is not the end result that i wanted I'm not going to focus on that because tomorrow, if we if this shot kicks us out of the playoffs tomorrow, I'm going to be in the gym. I'm going to be working, and mm -hmm. when the next opportunity comes, I'm going to be ready for that one. And this was something that that in my life, I was the exact opposite. I was the guy who I would much rather take a class, for example, in school and get an A plus and not exert an ounce of effort than like get a B plus and learn a ton of stuff and mm -hmm. and and you know feel fulfilled from whatever that experience was. Um, and I don't know, that's like something I will take with me, not just like, I've, I've been trying to like rethink that way in my life. And and uh, Kobe, you know, I'm not gonna pretend like I, I have Kobe pictures on my wall and he's like an inspiration of my life, but that certainly is, is that approach. Uh, people who do that, I admire so greatly because um, I don't know, that's like the big lesson I would I, I give to people. And I know we have a lot of like younger listeners and high school and college kids. So I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be your parents lecturing here, but that is, that is something that I think uh, is, is super, super important. And the younger you learn that, that, that success is not measured by the end result. Like, don't, don't look at like, did, did I, did I achieve, like, don't set up, don't make your goal like this, this definitive thing. I don't think this is my view. Make your goal like to honestly try your best. And it sounds so stupid and hacky coming from, you know, usually when you hear that, it's your third grade teacher, like just try your best and follow your dreams and all that. But as I've gotten older, I see how true that is, that, that 
the process, if you just stay true to the process, success will come and go, but in the end you'll, you'll figure it out and everything will click and, and your legacy, whatever that may be, leave that up to others to decide because you'll know that, that, you know, when it's all said and done, you, you, you gave it all you had. My response agree hundred percent on that. But the funniest thing I can think about with the Kobe situation and the conversation around Kobe is like every single person, whenever you're lying, right. And someone calls you on it. Mm -hmm. The first thing you do is try to explain what happened, which is to say that you lied and you're going <laughs> to tell why it's not a lie. You're going to defend what you said. That's not a lie. Here's what exactly. Yeah, yeah, da, da, da. Yeah. And with Kobe Bryant, my favorite thing about him since he left the game of basketball in 2016 is every single time he would sit down and they would ask him, you're going to come back, Kobe. You're going to come back. You're going to do this. LeBron's coming. You want to play mm -hmm. with LeBron? You're going to do this. He never wavered in the sense that it wasn't even a thought. And I think a lot of times guys will hang it up. Even, you know, Michael Jordan did this. He hung it up and then he sat around and he said, I don't know what to do with myself. I need to come back to the game of basketball. Kobe Bryant had exerted so much effort and had expended every single ounce of himself on the basketball court that he knew there was nothing else. There's he could nothing get. else. Yeah. And I don't know how many people we've had that in the sports world that has been so content at the end but of to, his career. To that point, it would be very easy for him to say, okay, Michael had six. I had five. Yeah. I have to keep going until mm -hmm. I get to sit. But that wasn't, that's what I'm saying. It's not, that's a results oriented way of thinking about it is like, I have to win as many titles as Michael did or else I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. The, the, the Mamba mentality in my eyes, the way I, interpret the mama mentality is don't look at the titles the, that's that's the byproduct that is not the that is not what you are are trying to do that what is you're the three-dimensional result that is the three-dimensional yes. yes do the five-dimensional focus on the process give it your all and when you're out you're out that's it and mm -hmm. it's over and whether you won zero titles or five or twelve um it's irrelevant because you did all of that is left to chance to a certain extent it, it matters like what franchise you're drafted to who your teammates are all sorts of factors factor into how many titles you win. Um, all that stuff you can't control to a certain extent. You could, you know, as much as people think like one player can win basketball games, that's not true. There's a lot of outside forces that go into that. What what there are no outside forces go into is is the effort you exert every day, like like how much you're devoting your life to this this purpose you've you're, you're striving to achieve. Um, and I don't know, he was consistent with that every step of the way, as you said, even in the All Star games, which is like honestly that you could like boil his legacy down to that is like the guy busted his he ass an in all-star all games amongst all-stars yeah you know he busted I mean? his different. ass in all-star games because he doesn't know any other way he's like i'm out here i'm gonna kill everybody because that's what i do and i don't i can't i can't take plays off it's not in my dna and he never has and he never will and i'll tell you this like the charlotte hornets drafted kobe bryant 13th overall if kobe bryant had gone to the charlotte hornets i don't know if he would have won five championships i don't know what the end result would have been but I don't think the Charlotte Hornets would have sold the franchise. I don't think yeah. that I don't I, I will tell you this. Like Kobe Bryant was that much of a transcendent person in the building around other people. And that is why you've seen the Lakers, they can't even really they haven't really put out a full response yet because there's so many people in the building that don't view Kobe Bryant as the superstar player on the court. They view Kobe Bryant as like Kobe. Kobe's yeah. coming around the office. Yeah. Kobe's dapping up who so and so. You do Kobe. hear this about people that uh yeah. that uh you know, I, I know plenty of people in this industry that that don't lo didn't love Kobe, and then they meet him, and they're like, he's the most charismatic guy. Like, talk about a guy that can win you over so easily. Um, and he would answer for the shit you would call him on. Yeah, like that was the thing with Kobe. Like he wanted yeah. that. Like when Tracy McGrady says he came down and elbowed me in my sore back, 
Kobe's laughing. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I just wanted to see if your back was okay. Like that old ribbing and like, uh, like Luka Doncic early in the year. And I, I, you know, this is more new age stuff, but he was like speaking in Serbian with Kobe. You know, yeah. it's like Kobe Bryant was so much of an ambassador of basketball globally. The fact that this guy is so big in Italy that they're mourning him an entire country in Italy. Like you, you think about Kobe in North Carolina, how big of a deal it is. It's like in China. I mean, this is like, they're losing an I saw icon. Real Madrid was like, today at practice, they had a moment of silence. Neymar and, and, scores a goal for yeah, a PSG yeah, yeah. and is yeah. doing a 24 celebration. I mean, just the reach of this man. And it, it's, I feel like it became a, like a joke at times, you know? Like it was more fun because everyone wants to poke fun at everyone, especially Kobe because he is so self-serious. Yeah. But the reason that he was so self-serious was because there were no days off in his mind. You look at the 08, 2008 at the Olympics in, in Beijing. The rest of the team is younger. It's Dwayne Wade and LeBron, all those guys. And you can tell that they're, like, trying to get their, like, older friend Kobe in on the game. And he's just kind of like, <laughs> Well, you, you thought, know? you thought, you know, I th I think, uh, I, I shouldn't say you. I, I thought at times it was performative. I thought that, yes. like, Kobe was, again. He knew what he was supposed to he say. Was, he knew that the camera's in his face and he's trying to be Jordan because this is, like, Jordan would have a straight face, so I'm going to have a straight face. And as the years go by, it, again, he's just consistent. And no matter what the thing, he's talking about his, his daughter's, basketball team and he's got that same like fire in his eyes as he talks about that and you realize oh my god this guy is just this way this is just how he's wired it's it's incredible i remember one of those times we were at dinner uh with roy hibbert and we asked him about kobe in practice and it was the the infamous kobe like he's yelling at mitch kupchak and he's like get get these bums out of here you know what i uh -huh. mean and it was when 2014 i think is the year it was and they're terrible they're, they're gonna get d'angelo russell in the draft the next year and he's basically spending the entire practice yelling at mitch kupchak about how terrible jordan hill and the rest of the team is you know, he's like, Jordan Clarkson's terrible. Nick Young's terrible. He's like pointing everybody out and just saying they're garbage. They're bums. Like, I can't mm. even practice with these guys. And a lot of people were saying, oh, he knew the cameras were there. He knew Cupcheck was there. He's doing this all for the cameras. And then we asked Roy Hibbert. And he was like, no, that's just Kobe every that's single just, day. That's <laughs> every single day. He's like, honestly, that was a pretty light day, you know, for what he usually would say. He probably toned it down because of the cameras. And that pretty much speaks volume to who Kobe was. And he also, again, going back to the whole middle child thing, is like, he got the Jordan generation to the LeBron generation. Mm -hmm. Like, without Kobe Bryant and without Tim Duncan, those two guys together, the NBA does not survive. You know, in yeah. the same way that Magic and Bird were able to come in the 70s and make that happen, like, they were the bridge years. And you think of them as bridge years, but they're not. They're beautiful games. They're great like, years, The yeah. Spurs-Lakers rivalry in general. Unbelievable. And the Kings in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. the Trailblazers, all these games and moments that you have with Kobe, like, he had so many – he had nine lives. I mean, he was just, like, all over the place. And every single time you kind of thought – well, this might be the end. Even when he tours Achilles in 2012 against the Warriors and he Harrison Barnes, a black Falcon, is guarding him and he goes and shoots the free throws. I didn't think this is the last time I'll ever see Kobe compete for championships. I thought Kobe would yeah, come back the yeah. next year He'd and find the a Lakers way. would keep it rolling. He'd find a way. Yeah, they'd he make a always... trade and who knows. Oh, man, it's 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 brutal. It's been crazy just like driving around L.A. today um, and a little bit yesterday, just like driving past murals. And, and um, again, like it, it being in L.A. for it is wild. Um, I, I, I can't speak. I don't know what the experience is outside of L.A. Mm -hmm. I don't maybe it's the same. Maybe people in other cities, it's the same. But there is definitely like a somber mood. Um, you, you see people wearing his jersey. I, I must have seen 30 Kobe jerseys today, uh, and I didn't really do anything. I just kind of sat in my apartment. I'd go out, take Moses on a walk, and you just see people. Yeah. Um, it's it's I I don't know. I I, I was speechless for the longest time. I don't think it's ever really going to sit in, sit sink in. Um, but I, I I don't know. Maybe there are lessons to be learned from this. Like the the, the craziest thing is like the NBA is playing games, 
and I was talking to one friend about this that like I can't believe they were playing games. And they said, well, Kobe would want them to play, and I was like, yeah, but uh, I get like Kobe. Kobe's mentality would be like play through like whatever, just always play. But like, wouldn't Kobe also want his friends to like the people that love him to not be like torn up and have to? And my friend goes. No, Kobe wouldn't. Kobe would tell him to stop crying. Yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, man I, up and, and get your and, ass and, out there and, and, and play. As that is, I was like, damn, that's harsh, so true. As yeah. harsh as that sounds like if, yeah. if you were, if Chris Paul was at practice and he yeah. was like, I can't play in today's game, like Kobe Bryant, like, you know, get, get your, your ass out there. Go, yeah, yeah, get out there. Yeah. Dude, what are you crying about? And, yeah, he would be that way. And it's that's crazy. just how he's always been. And and that's why you talk about 41 years, right? I mean, 20 of those, 20 of 41 years were spent in the national, almost half his life were in the NBA, mm-hmm. which means it was public for all of us to watch. But to think of all the things that he did in those 41 years, I mean, that is a full life in 41 years. This man it's, won an Oscar. This man has a sports academy already set up. This man has his jersey jerseys retired. This man is getting inducted in the Hall of Fame this year. All of these things that that all came together and that that have already been checked off the it it just makes it all even more surreal because you just can't believe even watching the final game it felt like it was a, a it, like it, a processional for Kobe Bryant. It's crazy to think of what society, the world, what what we've missed out on because you know that like they were saying that at the final game like whatever you do next you're going to have the black mama mentality you're going to be great at it. Like you said he's been out of the, out of the basketball for almost 4 years. Yeah, barely any time at all. He's already won an Oscar. Um who the hell knows what uh, the next 30 years of Kobe Bryant's life, what he would have done, uh, uh, the impact he would have had. And it just kind of underscores, like, people are not resources, you know? I think, like, you um, – people, pe- human beings are not trees in a forest where one gets cut down. You're like, who cares? We'll just plant another one. Uh, that's why the loss is so devastating is because I think most people who have been paying attention realize that Kobe Bryant wasn't just a guy who scored a lot of points – um, and and stuck his bottom chin out or, or bottom teeth out when and and when he hit big shots and like that was all he was like most people who are paying attention realize that humanity lost like a very very valuable asset and you can't get that back you can't replicate it there will be other great people in this world who will do great things there will never be another Kobe Bryant who um just was wired the way he was and 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 had the the impact that he had on so many people and and. I think that's what really sinks in and, and sucks. And there's really no other way to put it. It just sucks. So it's, There's no other way to put it. Um, uh, I, I feel like just moving forward into like what is the legacy of Kobe Bryant, those conversations, and we talked about this, I mean, that is for the Hall of Fame. That is for mm-hmm. right now it, it's still grievance. It's still grieving. It's still, you know, us trying to piece together and put together what is, you know, Kobe Bryant and who he was and where he was at this stage in life. And bringing it back to the Black Mamba mentality, I think that that mentality actually had shifted a bunch. And I think, and I'll say this, because you were talking about did Kobe want to be the GOAT or have six? I think in 2006, if you talked to Kobe Bryant, absolutely. Probably, yeah. 100%. Yeah, you're and probably right. Yeah. And there's no if ands, or buts about that, probably, in his mind, because he was so locked in on this larger vision. But since he left the game of basketball, a lot of people leave and they don't know what to do with themselves. He completely dedicated himself to his family from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And he completely was all in on Gigi's career. And I think, you know, as much as this is a Kobe Bryant podcast, this is a basketball podcast. And as much as Kobe Bryant is an ambassador for the game of basketball, men's basketball, he was an even bigger ambassador for the game of women's mm-hmm. basketball. And with Gigi and with Kobe and with the idea that Kobe was the biggest cosign of the WNBA, they just got this huge raise for all the players and Gigi was mm-hmm. wanted to play at UConn. We, we've seen the UConn-Tennessee rivalry try to get sparked back up in women's basketball. There were all these – the right dominoes were falling the right way for, you know, Kobe, Gigi, the, all this sort of stuff. 
and I don't think that it will be lost if that makes it. And if anything, yeah. it may be a, a complete wave from this because everyone that met Gigi, uh, a friend of mine, his son was friends with Gigi. She was like Kobe. She yeah. was uh, charismatic. She was different. She played like him. She talked like him. She, they had their all their little handshakes and moments and, and meaningful things. And I think, you know, there were nine people that were lost in a helicopter crash. And we don't want to lose sight of that. But the game of basketball itself, Gigi Bryant and Kobe Bryant, both together, what they will do and represent for the game of basketball, I think will ascend anything like we've seen yeah. in quite some time. Yeah. yeah. And I do believe that. Uh, my my final thought on it is uh, I, I've spoken publicly many times about my, my battle with depression and, and mental illness and all that. Um, there's one book that changed my life, and it's not a – it's it's a pretty famous book if, if – you're well read uh man's search for meaning it was written mm -hmm. by a guy Frank, victor franklin i'm sure you've mm -hmm. heard of it yeah um he's a holocaust survivor for those who don't know um go buy the book go read the book if you haven't if you've read it 30 times go read it again it's it's the best book i've ever read by far um and and the, the victor Frankl's a, a holocaust survivor and he's writing about like basically the 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 premise of the book is like what is it that that made him not give up on on struggles in life and and you're facing just unbelievable adversity and you still continue to, to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like what is it in, in, in us that, that keeps us going? And his, his thesis, his ultimate thesis, is there are three things in life that, that give us purpose. And one is love and loving people around you and, and finding and, and nurturing those relationships. The other is your work, creating things and, and, and pouring yourself into, into to contributing to society and, and all that kind of stuff. And the third is courage in, in times of difficulty. And, and for, in his instance, that would be the Holocaust. Um, and for me, I felt like if, if you can, if you can do any one of those things, you have a purpose in life and you can find fulfillment through any one of those avenues, whether it's just like, if you're, if you're a father, just love your son or daughter. And like that in and of itself is enough to keep you going every day. Kobe Bryant to me did all three and he did it with every ounce of, of energy and, and determination that he had. I mean, in a lot of ways he, he didn't have a ton of struggles in life. He was rich kid and all that kind of stuff, but he almost like created his own struggles. He would put like his own obstacles in front of him and he mm -hmm. would say like, this is something that, that is important to me to like have that drive to, to overcome these obstacles. Um, that was just how he was wired. Like his work and the obstacle part of it were sort of one and the same, but, uh, he he had the three headed approach to that. I mean, he loved his family, as we as we know. Like it was it, it, that was well documented how much he loved his family. His his work is unparalleled, um, and and his courage in the time of of struggle. So many times, so many guys the Achilles thing, very easy to pack it in. He knew he had more in the tank. He came back. Um, I don't know how many guys would have done that at that age. Uh, but but that's just how he was wired, and that is why like that to me will be his legacy. And I find it fascinating and and not coincidental that when when so many people were remembering him yesterday and today and all that, uh, you didn't see a lot of people talk about Kobe and say like that was you, you know like we're gonna miss Kobe. He won five titles. We're gonna miss Kobe because he had thirty thousand plus even points some people mess up some of those things yeah because like, people didn't even realize how much he had done because none of it matters because ultimately yeah. your legacy in this life is the love that you give along the way and this man loved his family he loved the game of basketball he loved those around him um and and that will continue on forever and that is true of all of us uh i think part of me like as i was going through my existential crisis part of this whole this whole process is you look around and you you, you wonder like why the world isn't stopping and in a lot of ways it was like in our circles it was the world stopped uh, but the world at large doesn't stop. We could, we'll, we're we're going to leave this podcast studio. We're going to drive around Los Angeles and there are going to be people that are just trying to go to their job and get home to their kids and 
I, I literally today at breakfast, uh, it had been 24 hours since the news broke. I was sitting the table over a, a woman was on her phone and she said across from the guy and she, she, she dropped her jaw and she goes, Oh my God, did Kobe die. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? Yes. Like you, you're not paying attention to the news. She's like, I had no idea. And, um, it kind of like, like I'm sitting there thinking like, how could nobody have any idea? This is the, the world should stop. We should all, we should cancel all everything. Not just basketball games, like literally cancel everything. This is monumental, but the world doesn't stop. And I think like that becomes overwhelming because for me at first it was overwhelming. Cause you think like if, if this guy doesn't ascend to a level that, that um, all of society kind of stops and pauses and reflects, then what hope do I have as just a, a lowly guy that I am? But then it becomes like freeing when you realize that like you don't need to worry about all this stuff. You don't need to worry about like if I acquire a certain level of wealth or a certain level of status in, in society, then I will be like godlike and the whole world will revolve around me. That's impossible. You can't do that. You will never be able to do that in life. So instead of trying to acquire that stuff, start focusing on the stuff that matters, which is the love of the people around you and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And um I don't know if this was, I don't know if that was the, the right time for, for a monologue, but that is, that is my lasting memories of Kobe and why, um, uh, uh, I don't, I don't think any of it's a coincidence that people weren't really focusing on the basketball part as much as they were focusing on his love for his daughter, his, his, all, all of his other stuff, his mama mentality, all that kind of stuff is ultimately what's going to be his legacy. And Kobe Bryant, every single day when I remember he was doing an interview one time and he said, my goal of every single day is to be better. Mm -hmm. I wake up every day to be better. And that's exactly the approach that he took to everything and everything you just said, I, I completely agree with. And it, it is honestly, uh, it is one of the biggest tragedies uh, of my entire life, um, just from the, everything we've talked about here, but just seeing and, and living and being a part of this moment. Um, Kobe Bryant will never be forgotten. Kobe Bryant will always be larger than life. And Kobe Bryant was larger than life when he was here. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one thing as you reflect on Kobe Bryant, you realize how large he was and how great he was and how much he was able to take a game. This is just a game. It's just a game. You're putting a ball through a metal ring. It's That's just it a is. game. And to take that and extrapolate it out into life and to find those relationships, those love, that love that he found and all these other things, um, I, I do find it very beautiful. I think back to uh, uh, I was involved with this program called NCAA First Team, and I talked about it on an older iteration of this podcast. I think I was talking about Trey Young at the time when, mm -hmm. I, when I brought this up. Uh, they used to say this, this mantra over and over in this program uh, when I was in high school. It, it was run by the NCAA. It was basically like this program to help uh, – uh, uh, I, I, as I said, I, I hit puberty before everyone else. So like when I was in eighth grade, I was considered to be, they looked at me and they identified me as a guy that was going to be a big time recruit. They, they big swing and miss on that one. But, um, the program was basically, we're going to take all, all these eighth graders that are going to be big time recruits. We're going to nurture them through high school make sure they don't screw things up. And the mantra that stuck with me and will stick with me the rest of my life, use basketball, do not let basketball use you. Um, and, and that, that just resonated with me forever. It's, it's, it's why I'm here right now. Cause I, I was not very good at basketball eventually. Um, but I knew how to use it to kind of get where I needed to go. That was Kobe Bryant. He'd like used basketball, but at the same time he poured just as much as he was taking away from the game and using it to like impact people outside of, cause as you said, it's just, we're putting a ball through a metal ring yet you have people all over the world in mourning. Um, and it's not because they love his fadeaway jump shot. That is not why people are, are upset and, and sad about this. Um, it goes way beyond that. And, I don't know. It sucks. It's a, it's a terrible day. I will say this, Tate. Uh, I'm not a betting man, but I do want to put every dime I own on the Lakers winning the title. Yes. Because the NBA is going to find a way. 
There, there's a, Whether there, Le, if LeBron and AD can't find a way, the NBA will find a way. There's, a, there's only two alternatives. I remember the last thing Giannis Antetokounmpo had said to him, like Kobe had said to Giannis was, it's time to win a championship. Giannis oh, deleted yeah. all of his social media after this moment. No one's heard anything from Giannis. Oh, really? I didn't so, know that. So it's okay. basically like Giannis or the Lakers. I don't know who is going to be more fueled by Kobe, <laughs> but whoever wins a championship will be you know, be Kobe, discussing yeah. the Kobe Bryant uh, legend, the Kobe Bryant story. And uh, you know, I think that that will live on for a lot longer than a lot of us. Uh, anything else before we go? I, I think we hit it all. We can get some shout outs and closeouts if we need to. I just want to shout out Trey Young. You mentioned Trey Young mm -hmm. and him wearing number eight. And just more of all of the acts that were done on the basketball court. Trey Young wearing number eight. Gigi saying that Trey Young was her favorite player on a basketball court. And for him to go out and drop 45 points and have this amazing game, I know it's really hard to play under the circumstances, but that's what Kobe would want. We talked about yeah, that earlier. Did, yeah. And if Kobe Bryant's watching and saw that game, Kobe Bryant's proud of Trey Young. And, and I think there's. That's just one iteration of how many people, you know, kind of stepped up and said, I want to honor this man who made me fall in love with the game that we all love. And uh, that's why you have to appreciate Kobe. Bryant. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. I think I I, I left. Uh, Kobe would be proud of me. I left it all out here. hundred <laughs> percent. I gave, I gave mama mentality to this podcast. I had nothing else to say. Um, yeah. We'll be back on Friday, uh, back to regularly scheduled, uh, uh, dick jokes and and what have you and breakdowns of of games between 19 year old quote-unquote amateur people being used players. by basketball yeah, yes. people, being used. <laughs> people being used by basketball we will get back to that uh table do's pack 12 update yes um, that will be on friday yeah, not today we'll, we'll bring we'll bring it back on friday but yeah we just wanted to i don't know kobe is uh he's an icon and always will be and um it sucks so that's it uh see you guys friday